question comes to us from Reddit user Exact Library. How can I politely decline a hug from my teacher without offending? I, 17-year-old female, have this one teacher who often brings candy to school to hand out among the students in my class. She'll walk through the rows of desks and chairs while holding a basket of candy and have everyone take a piece before pulling each and every one of us into a hug. And sure, I suppose it's a nice gesture and all, but I'm really, really not okay with hugging people I barely know. Hell, I don't even hug my own parents. Why would I be comfortable hugging a teacher? Every time she does this at the beginning of a class, it only makes me feel incredibly awkward, tense, weirded out, and just yikes all over. Now, the thing is, she won't really take no for an answer, and I don't even know how to politely decline when she rushes rushes towards me at full speed with her arms wide open. Today, I put out my hand for a handshake, that's clever, uh, when she tried to pull me into a hug, but she responded by throwing me a disgusted look before ridiculing and humiliating me in front of the whole class for a solid five minutes, all because I offered a handshake instead of a hug. I honestly have no clue what to do. It might sound like the dumbest, most insignificant thing, but for some reason, it's a huge deal to me. And I don't want to keep having to touch this woman. She's nice at times, but at other times, she can be extremely vindictive. If you do anything at all that gets her mad, she's bound to hold a grudge against you for ages and do all sorts of things just to get her revenge on you, such as unfairly lowering your marks on every single test you take and even failing you completely. How do I deal with this whole thing? Was it really that rude for me to put out my hand for a handshake when she wanted a hug? How can I politely decline it the next time she does it without pissing her off, even though I probably already have? Exact library. What a question. Yeah. Uh, this teacher has a problem and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately you're the victim of it. Uh, you yeah. are totally in the right to not want to hug somebody. And I like your solution of offering a handshake Yeah, and this teacher's insecurity, unfortunately victimized you in front of the class and she took out all of this on you. She should not have done that. I think yeah. involve a third party at this point. Yeah. If there's another teacher or a school supervisor, hopefully there's someone with some sense th- that will stand up to this person and uh, acknowledge that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's important for kids, students to feel like they can set personal boundaries. And a hug is one of those yeah. things that can be nothing. It can be like just a casual, easy thing that doesn't need to be invasive. Or it can be like a uncomfortable thing that a person wants to refuse. And if it's that for you, you have every right to refuse it. And you did it even in the nicest way you could by like trying not to embarrass her and offer an alternative of a greeting. You didn't say, no, it's gross when you hug me or it did something that's um, harsher and meant to shame her. A handshake has got to be okay. Like, yeah. Uh, It's just, it's so unfortunate too, that there's this power discrepancy, like a major power discrepancy in this relationship. And I think that that's where a lot of abuse or boundary violation happens when there is that the person who feels like, well, shit, I have to, I have to do this or else there will be other consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just want to be like, sigh in, in that power, that feeling of powerlessness of it. Um, And especially knowing that she tends to like retaliate and have all these take it so personally yeah. for you to say no, or it just sucks. 
I just have this image of this teacher being really fat. <laughs> I do. Uh-huh. Uh, what is, how does that why? serve us? <laughs> yeah, why do I got to go there and polarize the audience real quick? <laughs> I'm thinking of, um, oh, why do people get really fat like that? Do you have a specific person in your yeah. past? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have some examples of yeah. people that, um, it's a controlling other people's behavior thing. Cause I think you can't control your own and that mm. can manifest in many ways, but one of them is right. overeating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I'm just disappointed that this teacher is out there and that you're having to explain to them the person yeah. that's supposed to be older and in charge and, uh, like, it's up to the the person with lower status to initiate this type of familiarity, I think. Because if you mm -hmm. have power, mm -hmm. you can't trust that people are really consenting freely. Right. They might, like you said, just feel yeah. like they have to. They feel an yeah. obligation. I hope that there's a principal or some type of person at your right. school that can moderate this for you. And I think right. you have every right to go to them. I would recommend writing something, mm. something brief that says... I don't feel like hugging this person. I feel obligated to hug them. And I felt uh, humiliated in front of the class when I tried to shake their hand. I think it needs to be okay for me to not hug people at school. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, again, it doesn't, doesn't make me super optimistic given what this teacher has been permitted to do, but hopefully a third party would uh, take this complaint seriously and also keep it anonymous because mm -hmm. it's very possible of all the students that this teacher is hugging there. There's probably at oh, least yeah. one other You're student that doesn't one, want this for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might just be the bravest one to speak up and probably you're going to, even if there's no one else right now, which there probably is, you're going to help somebody in the future who is going to yeah. be in your shoes. So like, yeah. this is, I think the plight of the whistleblower or the person yeah. who stands up is like, yeah, it sucks. And it's, it's humiliating for her to call you out in front of the class. And, and there are real academic consequences. Perhaps, it sounds like, yeah. which is like a huge, huge bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got to go to another uh, teacher, the principal, yeah. somebody, her boss and talked right. about this because, um, yeah this isn't acceptable to do to you or the other people that we assume she's doing it to. Right. Right. You don't have to do that. Right. It's not your responsibility to take on this burden, but if you feel like you can, I believe that you can, you can do it in writing. If that's easier, you find yeah. that you, I, I tense up in the moment. Sometimes when I have to confront somebody about something verbally, it's mm -hmm. a lot easier for me to write it down and then just hand the letter mm -hmm. or send the email, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I think it would be unfair of us not to to at least touch on, um, which again, I, I'm not trying to imply that that there's a responsibility on you to do this. Um, but you know, I think that it it does open up a potential avenue for you to look at, yeah, how how has affection been handled for you? And you, you know, you acknowledge that you haven't you don't hug with your family much and mm -hmm. that resonates with me. And so it's, it is a lot more uncomfortable to get that kind of physical, uh, you know, connection with someone than it might be for someone else who is just more comfortable with it. Even if upon examining it, they might feel like, okay, it shouldn't come from a teacher. Um, but yeah, I think it's, 
while you should take action to protect yourself or you, you could, if you feel like you're, uh, you know, like Rob said, if you have the bandwidth to, to accommodate that and it feels like it's enough of a violation, it is significant. That's the other thing I want to say. It's not small or dumb. It's very significant. It's very important for you to stand up for this and for other people to care about this and to help support you. Um, but it's also an opportunity for you to look at, okay, what is it about this particular situation that makes me so uncomfortable? And it might be the fact that this teacher is someone who you, who's vindictive and has this emotional immaturity Mm -hmm. to them. And it's like, you don't want to just stand by and reward that behavior by succumbing to a hug. Yeah. I understand that deeply. I felt that a lot, uh, you know, growing up of like, I don't, I'm forced into this situation where I have to accept or even initiate physical affection with people Mm -hmm. because they want it. They expect it. It's their metric of I'm doing good. Um, and that's not on you to perpetuate. Yeah. You don't have to validate other people physically like that. Yeah. At any cost to your comfort. And I want to point out that all of this stuff is relative for each individual and each culture. There are places where it's normal to greet each other with kisses. Right. And there are places where that's very, very intimate. Uh, It's not even shown on TV. Right. Um, Between married people, it's not like something that you can show. Um, There are places where people greet each other by slapping each other's butts. I was on a football team. That was common, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Context matters a lot. And I think people want to reinforce group norms of like, we do this to show that we're all part of the same team. We're all part of the same uh, way of going about things. So that might be part of your teacher's motivation. I think she's going about it the wrong way and that you can't really, uh, if it's a classroom setting, you can't force people to be in that familial mind state of like, we all show our affection the same way. Um, Your family is where that's determined or your, your chosen relationships, uh, classroom is more like a professional setting where people have a job to do and you have to be tolerant of some people have different personal boundaries and you have your right to pick your own. But unfortunately, I mean, the parallel being drawn between a classroom setting and a professional setting is, is apt because those kinds of violations happen all the time in professional settings as well. And your, your, the classroom is also a place where you, learn and practice setting those boundaries because there will be future situations where you're going to have to put your foot down as well. And so I would encourage you to treat this as a, a learning experience of, of finding a way that's safe for you to speak Mm -hmm. up for yourself because you will confront work situations, especially as a female, um, where those boundaries will be tested. Um, and there will be consequences for you doing that. And that's the unfortunate reality of the world that we're living in. And it fucking sucks. <laughs> I have an anecdote that's related from Saturday night, if yeah, I may yeah. go slightly off topic. There's a manager at a bar that I work at, um, uh, black female, maybe 10 years older than me. She was off duty that night, but around the bar. And she greeted me with a hug as she normally does. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can kiss me. And like, put her cheek up next to mine. So I kissed her on the cheek and then I stepped back and you said, you can kiss me. I, I know. I know. <laughs> and then I was like, Ooh, been waiting for that green jackpot. light. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, if you were uglier, that would be weird. Mm. <laughs> That's what I said. And you said that? Yeah. I did. <laughs> Jesus. I, <laughs> Cause 
she's not someone that I find particularly attractive, but also not repulsive. But it, it really is in that yeah. zone where I'm yeah. like, this is fine. I'm not going to kiss her on the lips, but I can kiss her on yeah. the cheek. I, I yeah. do that with some people that I recognize that as their norm. Right. Um, and then she repeated it to all the people around. I think she liked it kind of as like a, ba- like right. it was a way sort of, of saying of that she's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh God, uh, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I, I flagged it. I dog-eared it as like this mm. is a person to uh, be mindful around because she has some. Sometimes she's the manager, the person that right. I report to, and right. she's this boundary is not that clear. But it's like the nightlife scene at yeah. bars. You know, people are yeah. they want to uh, give off the vibe of everybody here is having a good time and really touchy feely and like yeah, everyone's comfortable right. with each other. So right. you know, yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. I think that's so interesting, though, because as it, especially as it relates to um, the the boundary violation and the kind of the abuse uh, conversation, because they're really I mean, I've heard comedians riff on this of like, yeah, people are going like people are going to respond a lot differently if someone who is like extremely not sexually attractive oh, that yeah. like exposes themselves to you versus sure. someone who is extremely sexually attractive right we heard that um, guy talk about the difference between louis ck and james franco's me too moments. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly and so yeah. there is you know to some extent i don't know about unfair but at least uneven you know yeah it's i think it's just important to acknowledge that regardless of whether we're going to do anything about it because that's just kind of how life is yeah um, it's it's important to to say attractive people do have that privilege that is quote unquote invisible or maybe just not discussed. And I think that it's just, it sucks. It's important to call out and be mindful of, but that's that, that is human nature. What are you going to do? Here's, I think the flaw in it is that we assume that, um, desirability is universally agreed upon and that there are certain Mm. people that like, regardless of your relationship or the situation you're in with them, everyone would enjoy kissing this person. You know, we kind of have that, that assumption, which is wrong. No one should be making those assumptions. I'm just saying like societally, I'm saying you and I and everybody else kind of operates from that point of view of like Harvey Weinstein. Oh my God, gross. If that person even laid a (laughs) finger on me, it would be tragic. But James Franco, I mean, I'm a straight man, but if James Franco wants to linger in a hug, okay, this is somebody that's we all acknowledge as like. Yeah. Is there an example of someone who is physically attractive, but you don't feel that like, well, I'd give up my boundaries for that? Yeah. Anyone that um, I'd hate, anyone that makes me feel Mm -hmm. small and anyone that like uh, abuses power over me, anyone that um, is trying to minimize me or like defeat me. Yeah. In those cases, Which, like, isn't any that kind inherently of part of that. Yeah. But we kind of like write over it. If it's someone who is attractive or we respect some element of like what they're putting out there, like James Franco, I feel like the draw for him is not just how he looks, but it's also yeah. the mystique around like who he is. He's this artist, he's this comedian. And there's just all these different dimensions to like of likability to him, even though he would still be, really taking away and minimizing your power by just making that assumption in the same way. I think uh, my perception of a person's intent matters a lot Yes. for this. Like if somebody seems to have made a mistake of misjudged a boundary, like they went in for a kiss Uh and then they're very apologetic immediately. And um, 
it could be the same action, but feel much more acceptable to me than somebody who like goes in for a kiss and then is, uh, angry or like, uh, seems to just di- not care. Yeah. Just which brings my us belief back to this that question. a person cares about uh-huh. my experience is what makes their behavior more or less acceptable. Yeah. To me. And I think that that's a really good way to kind of like loop it back to yeah. this question in terms of like, what's unfortunate about the situation is that obviously the teacher uh, is, is not backing down even when she's getting the feedback that mm-hmm. this is not, you know, acceptable to all of her students. Um, but sometimes people will, people like that when they are kind of like caught in that scenario, but you communicate like uh, that you see what their good intention could have been. Sometimes that kind of placates their ego enough that they back down. Um, like for example, Can you give an example yeah, so, like well, yeah, so what I'm saying, like, I guess this is, this kind of informs the way that you pot- potentially approach, uh, diffusing the issue, mm. which is that you, you preface it with as much as, as much as it kind of sucks to do a little bit of the shit eating of like, <laughs> I understand that this teacher might be trying to create an environment of comfort or, uh, you know, validating their students in a certain way. Maybe this teacher wasn't hugged enough, you know, whatever the reason is mm. probably beneath the really brutal and unfortunate execution of this is a good intention. Yeah. <clears throat> I tend to believe that about people. I agree. And so prefacing the conversation with that, whether it's to her or to the principal helps maybe soften it. And sometimes I find when you assume good intent with someone, yeah. they also then kind of up level to that standard that you're holding them to. Sometimes they don't. They so don't you fight don't back as to. hard. They, they, you give because them Because you're out. meeting an emotional need and yeah. which is, that's what's informing the, their bad behavior from the mm-hmm. be- begin with the oversensitivity, like you said, about, about needing to be validated in a certain way. Like my students love me or see me as a mother figure or whatever right. she's trying to fill there. I think um, you look at the rest of that person's behavior to determine yeah. whether this is something that just misaligned between your standards and theirs, or if they're trying to use this as part of a pattern of trying to dominate or make you feel yeah. small. And I think that like in that way though, in this setting, it, it intent almost doesn't matter because it's still something that the, the student is saying fuck no to. Right. Um, but it can be a useful technique to, make it easier maybe to share this uncomfortable information to give them somewhat of the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may fi- make them feel a little bit more comfortable backing down from sort of an over agitated or over personalized response. Yeah. I think intent matters a lot. If the teacher's intent is to create an environment where everyone feels comfortable and hugs are what she thinks she's using to make everyone feel like they belong. That's another really important thing. Yeah. Then I think it's a mothering kind of. mm -hmm. It could be that this person doesn't have children and uh, wants everyone else to get fat like her so that she (laughs) feels better about it. Um, (laughs) I think that if she's trying to use hugs in that way and it's not working like that for you, then you can acknowledge, hey, I think. This is, I, I even feel bad recommending this because it's like it's too much excusing her behavior. Yeah, and, yeah, and she's already tried to. Yeah, yeah, she's already tried to kind of like communicate to the teacher. But I think we're also giving some advice for like potential things you can do in similar situations. Right, for people who are in other situations like this, is, is um, try to speak to their good intent and start from a place of uh, good faith that that they're acting yeah. at. Yeah. 
out of a good place right, instead of a bad right. one. If you assume the worst intentions of a person, they become more defensive and you yeah. put, you kind of like people will act the way that you say they're acting. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, we've, we've, we've clearly heard enough about this yeah. teacher and the need is to go beyond, go above right, this right. teacher. Um, Cause there's other people in your life that are going to be like this in some way or another. Uh -huh. They're going to, try and do yeah. something. So this advice know. applies to someone with whom you haven't tried the handshake approach, which is to present a more positive alternative yeah. that they've already chat on. Mm -hmm. So in this case, she's already proven that she can't tolerate that, that workaround. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go above her. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the principal. Yeah. All right. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. You want to uh, stay on the topic uh, of boundaries and how to deal with people who let's do it right after we hear the intro music up. let's do it i thought we'd just play that at the beginning because oh, okay. we're like 20 minutes in. Oh, okay. i feel like it's too late for okay that. fine okay perfect um anorexic octopus <laughs> says that's a funny image <laughs> <laughs> my tentacles are so skinny help <laughs> no uh anorexic octopus says my best friend is asking me to make out with her boyfriend whoa Okay, so a little bit of backstory. I need that. My best friend, we will call her Josephine, and her boyfriend, Butter. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> if you're picking fake names and you make one Josephine and the other Butter, man, you're someone I'd like to be friends with. First got together last year, and Josephine really liked him, Butter. But later she found out that when they got together, Butter didn't have any feelings for her. When she oh. found out and confronted him, he said that eventually he started liking her. They were together for a few more months and then they broke up because he started losing feelings and mm. didn't tell her or show any signs that he is. Mm, it's a shame. Fast forward nine months and they're back together. Okay. They both love each other and are in a happy relationship, but they occasionally have fights because Josephine thinks that he is hitting on other girls, including mm. me. Mm. Anyway, now she is the one who started losing feelings and wants to break up with him but she wants to have a reason to do so. And she wants to prove to herself and some of her friends that she was right when she was uh -oh. making assumptions that he is hitting uh -oh. on other girls. <laughs> so she asked me to make out with him. Oh my What goodness. should I do? Wow. I love this question. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, picked it. I didn't write it, but I picked it. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware that you're not anorexic octopus. Um, yeah, Bulimic this is squid, ripe maybe. for analysis. Mm -hmm. And I think there is probably a clear right answer that we will get to yeah. once we've sorted through all the variables. Because uh -huh. there's a lot to sift through here. Where do you want to start? What wow. resonates with you? Um, well, I think I want to, first thing I want to do is draw a parallel okay. um, between what we're kind of, what we were kind of saying about the teacher and what Octopus is saying about her friend mm -hmm. um, of like kind of, trying to force someone's emotions down a certain path to, to, to fit their own agenda. Mm -hmm. Um, which to me indicates like, I just see a big red, like X of like, okay, do not proceed down this path of, um, manipulation. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what the right move is exactly. Um, but there, there's something here. There's a behavior here with that friend that is is missing the point. It seems like. Yeah, this is to me. I'm going to judge Josephine in this situation. Go ahead. Josephine is trying not to own her own anxiety, and she's trying right. to. 
this is the um, planting sprinkling crack on the uh, person that you're arresting. This is the fabricating evidence of weapons of mass destruction right. to validate your invasion of Iraq. This is yeah. you. Josephine has a feeling uh, that Josephine finds hard to deal with, mm-hmm. and Josephine wants to create a situation that makes her look right and good and proud in front and of all of her friends. It makes it clear cut. Yeah. It's obvious that she should break up with him. Yeah. And that um, just ugh, stinks of immaturity to me. And I hope that you don't get roped into this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you paused enough to like write and seek yeah. advice before just kind of being like, well, this is my friend and I feel like I have to please her. And you're asking because you know it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, and it's tough to call out your friend and yeah. say, hey, if you want to break up with your boyfriend, just you it. can do it. You don't need to have evidence in the court of public opinion that shows that you were wrong. It, she's playing into a victim narrative and she's trying to, yeah. this is a Jesse Smollett, just for one more comparison beyond the WMDs. <laughs> this is uh, Jesse Smollett, the, um, you know, the guy from Empire. Who, I don't know. Okay. So there was, there was a high profile case last year in uh-huh. the news. Um, many of our listeners may remember, some may not. This actor on Empire uh, pretended, fabricated a um, hate crime against himself where he was walking out of Whoa. a subway holding a subway sandwich and said that people used slurs about his race. He's black and sexuality he's gay. Um, and these two men beat him up and said, hey, isn't this the guy from Empire or the uh, whatever slur person from Empire? Um, Why was the subway part important? It was just part of the story. Oh, okay, okay. That he was holding a subway sandwich. It was. I thought we were going to compare up. it to a dick. Like I thought there was going to no. be a whole. Okay, got it. This, got it, this, got this it, got isn't it. a joke. This is a real high-profile case. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. For like a couple days, it looked like oh, this actor, this TV star, was actually uh, lynched, was targeted for a hate crime. Um, right, right. And then evidence started coming out. It was pretty clear that he made the whole thing up hmm. uh, to to get attention, I guess, to like mm. gain power in this victim yeah, uh, yeah. celebrating or victim like- Or like pe- validate lo- that love that's and, the kind of hate he confronts a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that there is, this is what Kant called the slave morality system of whoever suffers the most is the best, has the most power mm. uh, versus the master morality system, which is whoever has the most is the best. There are huge problems with either system of judging people based on all that they have or all that they've suffered. Oh yeah. I mean, I talk about black and white mentality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I've, I've lost the thread a bit. Okay, Where were I can pull we? us back. Butter? I can pull okay. us back. Um, oh, Josephine is yeah. thinking uh, she wants to show everyone how much she suffered, suffered, and she's trying to create f- to make up a situation that makes you look like a bad guy and makes you kind of the heel here. You and Butter are both going to be uh, yeah. in her narrative that she's trying to craft the bad guys, the villains. Right. Don't take the fall for her. Just tell her, no. hey, if you don't want to be with Butter, you don't need to anymore you you don't need mm-hmm. to make up a reason yeah you don't need to plant uh, some drugs on him or yeah yeah, yeah. um i i want to talk in sort of generalities about um similar situations yeah where someone is very stuck in 
in all of these cases, like their narrative about how the world treats them. And in order to be able to continue to hold on to that in the face of just having to deal with the difficult things of life and our own complicated, messy, not neat, put in a boxable emotions, we kind of can manifest those things that we think that we're most afraid of or that we like say that we don't want to deal with. And then it's like, okay, well that just proved us right. That just whatever, Mm. whatever. Like I feel that I've had situations in my recent and not recent past of, of that same thing. Um, And I, it's always very difficult to recognize when something is and isn't my responsibility and when I am being drawn into someone else's narrative in a way that ignores my half of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in, in our answering of this question as well, like we're not even talking about the fact that like I would be angry you know, like if a friend asks that of me, it's like, what do you, what, what do you think I am? I'm not just like a pawn in your like crazy, right, crazy time right. show. Like <laughs> I have feelings too. Yeah. I may or may not want to make out with this person. Right. I may or may not want to have a bad reputation because of what you're pulling me into. Yeah. And I think this is a really, to me, it's a clear cut situation for you to be like, this is a definite T.O. Time out. (laughs) What is going on here? Yeah, yeah, this is a definite no. And so the question is, how do you own the fact that maybe you have feelings about the situation um, while being respectful of the fact that she's obviously in pain, but also saying like, hey, this is not cool within the context of our relationship. I think she's allowed to ask as long as it's fine for you to say no. If she then retaliates with you saying no to like, oh, well, then you're not actually a friend. I would do this for you. All that guilt shaming Mm -hmm. shit. Mm No, 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 don't don't be a pawn in in her. Don't enable her to continue going down this path that isn't good for her. It isn't good for you. Isn't good for him. Isn't good for her. It's not good for anyone. Like this is a really important time for both of you to experience each side of that pushback of just that firm. No of like, Hey, this has gone too far. And and just like Rob said, like just own up to the fact that Joseph, Josephine comma, just own up to the fact that you don't want to be in this relationship. That's fine. It doesn't even have, you don't have to justify it with anything. There doesn't have to be this like chain of bad behavior. You can just be not feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if you're in the place to counsel Josephine, I would say that uh, jealousy can be, if you want it to be a helpful tool for growth, it can be an opportunity to learn what are the things that you're insecure about, mm-hmm. what are the behaviors that you expect from a person, and what can you ask mm-hmm. for to help you manage that uh, jealousy It's not something that I think one of the big relationship mistakes that many people make is they think of jealousy as just like an emotion that is meant to be avoided at all costs and that no amount of it is acceptable. And anyone that would do anything that makes you jealous doesn't actually love you. But some people can become jealous about uh, their partner 
ordering food from a, a subway worker who happens to be attractive. Unchecked, and, it can be completely yeah, debilitating. There can be, yeah, it can be super toxic, and you can lock a person up. And I mean, you look at the Middle East and mm-hmm. women's dress codes there, and the way that that's written into the law. I think that's yeah. a, a big example of how jealousy can be yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah. It, and at the same time. There are people do have a right to ask for certain behaviors. Some Mm -hmm. people don't want their partner to have sex with other people, and they may have valid reasons to make that request. That's I know uh, it's it's up to the individual. Most people feel that way. Yeah, most people feel that way. (laughs) For now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, at this this moment in history, (laughs) at this this, uh, short period following the industrial revolution, where love is what we think it is now, Um, but. Yeah, she can use this as a learning lesson of what does she think is acceptable behavior from the people that she dates? What can she ask for from Butter? Uh, and if she doesn't end up with Butter, the next person, you know, does she not yeah. want them to laugh with people that they find attractive? Does she not want them to find other people attractive? She may find that she has requests that are very difficult for her dating partners to meet and that she's asking for more than what her community provides for her. And then if that's the case, she should either be alone or change her standards or change her community. Um, I want to tell a quick anecdote that kind Please. of latches onto something that you said within that, but isn't directly related to the last yeah, thing I spoke you said. for a while. Yeah, you did. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was a long one. It's biding my time. Um, I knew I'd get to breathe air and talk again. Soon. You're allowed to interrupt me, by the way. I know. <laughs> Um, I wanted to see where you're going with it, but was it good? Did it pay off? Kind it? Of? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. I think so I mean, I think it always is good when it comes back to like the question and, All right. cause I like going into the like philosophical territory, but yeah. I also am always asking myself, okay, but how is the person listening to this going to actually weave that into like it's throwing a boomerang? World? Yeah. It's more exciting the farther you get it, but <laughs> if it just gets stuck in a tree, then, uh, it's just, yeah. I wish I still had the boomerang in my hand. I do find it very hard to find that line of where the responsibility lies. And I think that a great Mm. illustration of that is what you were talking about, about is it the women's responsibility to not trigger men's sexual urges, or is it the man, the man's responsibility to control those sexual urges and where Mm. does that line fall? So the anecdote I have, which is kind of, you know, just along these lines is I was walking uh, around my neighborhood and there's like a little grassy area in front of this, uh, visitor center for, I believe it is a, uh, Hare Krishna, uh, retreat center, like Mm -hmm. yoga retreat center. And, but you know, it is in public. It's on my neighborhood street, whatever. I sat down on the grass and I was stretching and Mm -hmm. I was wearing loose shorts and a Mm t-shirt and I was, I do yoga. I was doing like bendy stuff. You know, I was, flipping over or whatever. I was like showing my legs. I was doing a lot of things that like, you know, aren't necessarily inappropriate, but are displays in a way that I'm not necessarily aware of, like how they're affecting other people. Um, And someone approached me and, and said basically, Hey, like the, we're, we're running an ashram and we've got a lot of like, single men who are supposed to be, you know, kind of in a pure of mind kind of state. And, you know, basically, could you not do that? Um, and 
it, it is their property. You know, it's not, I, I wasn't like, no, I must stretch and show my thighs in this like religious, semi-religious setting. Like I, I wasn't, that wasn't a hill I was going to die yeah. on, but it does illustrate the, the point of like, okay, where do we draw that line in terms of, cause the reality is like people have sexual urges and yeah. feelings or emotions, you know, whatever things that are to be triggered and other people have the power to trigger them. Right. Who are we favoring? And I think cultures, different cultures have fallen on different sides of this line. Right. Like you're pointing out with like the middle East where it's like, okay, just cover the women up like to a point where I think it yeah. deprives them of certain rights. Oh, yeah. But then there are certain big time from a different, from a different perspective, like other cultures could be seen as being too permissive and not, I don't know there it's, rape culture <laughs> give me an example of too permissive i believe what you're Some saying people might but, say uh, that uh, might say that america is too permissive for example or western so? country mm. in I what mean, way like, i'm sort of a, a laissez-faire kind of person if, if uh, that you had has personal control over their personal personal should take personal responsibility in what you know like if if someone were aroused and uncomfortable by the way that i was stretching near them like i would think that I'm just sort of a something that is a stimulus that is, you know, has the potential to trigger them and and they're going to be triggered by any number of stimuli that would be similar. And so if they're focusing on purity of mind, then perhaps some of the onus is on them to deal with what that evokes for them um, rather than avoid like you're saying, the problem with jealousy is that like we think we should just avoid it at all costs, yeah. but then it can get to um, the the type of control, I think it leads to more and more and more trying to control the outside thing that you can't control versus trying to control the internal thing that you have some power over. But I also acknowledge that like, yeah, I could have stretched somewhere else. Like, I think know. the solution to this is to have different standards in different spaces. Mm -hmm. If you have a whole country where the standard is there's no potentially sexually stimulating expression allowed, that's a big problem right. in my mind. If you have a whole country where everywhere people are allowed to have sex freely or masturbate freely, or whatever you think is the like the other end of that, yeah, right. that's also a big problem. There have to be places where people can go and expect to escape that type of stimulation. Right. Um, and I think a religious place has the right you know if their religious belief is that people should all be naked and exposing themselves um and it's something you can opt into then uh, great that's the standard of mm -hmm. that place but if it's that everyone should be covered and there sh shouldn't be any kind of sexually stimulating uh, stimulus then i think that they have that right to ask for that as long as it is their property and mm -hmm. yeah now the the issue becomes like what if your apartment window is facing their service center right right there are these ways that people's rights conflict right. um and don't you have a right to be naked in your own apartment mm -hmm. or something like that mm -hmm. yeah i think you do mm -hmm. uh yeah that's fringe yeah. or just a, not even French millions of these frictions happen every day right in and communities i don't think where, there is always there's not like a right or wrong answer no necessarily um, in, I think case by case, I can usually make the determination. Like in this case, right. I think you should move. Yeah. As yeah. long as you do have an option to, if it's the only place that you can stretch, then they should, you know, respect your right to do that or look yeah. away or something like yeah. that. But 
Yeah, I think it's just trying to work with people and meet everybody's needs. But I also understand why people get mad about uh, indecent exposure laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, people you know, free the nipple movement on Instagram. Why can't women show their nipples in public or online? It's crazy. It's absurd. Women should be allowed to be topless, of course, if men are. But still the culture but, part of but on oddly enough i'm finding myself making a counterpoint to this um women's breasts are way more sexualized than men's breasts because we cover them up i think they would they would be less so if mm-hmm. they weren't fetishized this way and, and you know there has to right. be a sticker on the nipple at all times otherwise you can see the entire boob in an advertisement but right that right, little right, point right. the dark spot oh you better cover it that's the part that we've yeah. kind of arbitrarily decided yeah. like that's what makes it indecent. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah. Why? Right. <laughs> Cuz it changes its shape when a person's aroused, has some expressive capacity like that. Interesting. Are, are red cheeks also then like a uh yeah. thing that we should ban? Uh, I mean, yeah. but I think maybe this is just going way way too far. Let's this do is it. throwing the boomerang very far away. Let's throw it across um, the equator. But I think <laughs> To be devil's advocate, please. Um, I also think that human nature wants wants to leave things to the imagination to some extent, mm-hmm. and so some of that clinging to "don't show me the nipple" is like keep something sacred, not in a religious context, but almost in a like it increases the arousal when that oh, thing sure. is there. Like, do we want these things to be so blasé? I think. Okay, this has already happened with internet pornography being right. so abundant. Every man who wants to see has seen uh, a near infinite variety <laughs> of female yeah. body parts. Right, right. Still, there are uh, models, objects of uh, desire on the internet that don't show their nipples, mm-hmm. that men are crazy they about. They maintain more desire by not showing. For some people, yes, it is a certain, it is a strategy mm-hmm. that uh, I don't think that you can see somebody else's nipples makes it any less um, appealing that, who next door Nikki doesn't show her nipples, whereas these other models or whatever do. I don't think that men lose interest in next door Nikki. Like it's still the, the individual and yeah. their choices and their yeah. standards make them desirable in their own way. Like it's, it's not uh, perfect substitutes. But I do think there's something more stimulating about seeing something, seeing peeking beneath the curtain or behind the curtain, so to speak um, with someone who, you know, and, and have a real life relationship with, it's a little more like alluring than like any number of porn stars on the internet that do or don't show or, or models or actresses or whoever people that you don't have a real in person relationship with whereas like if you were like if you're next door neighbor suddenly let's say we all decided let's free the nipple yeah that's going to be more exciting to see your next door neighbor's nipple because you haven't been able to because that person is like real maybe some people uh some people find people less desirable when they already have a Mm. pre-existing relationship with them when they have some responsibility for them or some um sure but, you know, it's, that becomes a threat of like, oh, if I sexualize this person, then I might like depend on them or be able to disappoint mm. them or be able to. Some people find right. uncomplicated um, p- 
people that they can fully project onto that they don't know at all the sexiest. Yeah. 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 It just depends on the individual, I guess, and their own history of what it means to yeah. be aroused and be physically taken care of and yeah. what love is. I guess <laughs> just to throw that blind statement <laughs> in there. Well, like yeah. I think a lot of it comes yeah. from parenting and the way that you learn your physical needs are met or you're responsible for mm -hmm. other people's physical needs, which in a non-sexual way starts with parents or some people, right. unfortunately, in a sexual well, way. Well, I think that we deny the sexual nature of the parental parent-child relationship, even though it's there. Mm -hmm. That's a very Freudian thing of like, we, you know, we ignore the Oedipal or Electra complex because it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think all, this whole conversation to me just serves to illustrate that there is a lot of nuance and a lot of tension in the debate of like, whose responsibility is this? Whose responsibility is that? And how much variation there is in a case by case basis in this particular case. <laughs> um, we both are firm that we would say no, if we were yeah. in your shoes. Yes. Um, but Octopus. then the question becomes, yeah, what's the, what's the way you deliver it? And I think that because you're being asked something that like we feel you shouldn't deliver on, I think you should feel free to say no in whatever way is most yeah. comfortable for you. Yeah. You don't have to have a good reason. You don't need to. Right. Yeah. Okay. I say we stay in this general realm Let's for one it. last question. One last question. Bring Fun it. in the sun, 6869. Ooh. <laughs> sun spelled S-U-N. Ah. Which is how you'd expect, but uh, you'll see. Yeah, I got you. Asks, <laughs> What's my stepdaughter doing? Uh-oh. I'll start by saying I have a very matured stepdaughter mentally and physically that I've had in my life for about seven years. Okay. The other night something happened that I would like to think was accidental, but the way it happened has me thinking otherwise. We were horse playing and I said I was done playing. As she walked by me to go to her room, she grabbed my penis. It was a full on penis okay. in hand as she walked by. Wow. I was in pajamas. If it were the back of her hand, I would never think twice about it. And more recently we were on the couch and I had my arm behind her, and she grabbed it and put my hand right on her boobs. So, am I overthinking this, or is she being touchy-feely? It's interesting. My mind goes right to what's the age gap, which is, like, sort of way off topic. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she's in her early teens. Okay. He's, he said that she's very matured for her age, right. so we can assume that she's... But how old is he, is what I really want to know. Uh, um, old enough to be somebody's stepfather. Right. It's, yeah. Yikes. Wow. You imagine that these things years. happen. So but we like, can assume a, yeah. at least mid-20s. Um, I feel like you imagine these things can happen or speaking for myself, I imagine like, sure. Yeah, that makes sense as a possible thing that could happen, yeah. but it's very difficult to actually confront the reality of this as two people out there in the world that uh -huh. we're giving advice to. Uh -huh. um, I'm not says, pulling any punches yeah. with this one. Yeah. No, I recognize that this is a tough one for us to answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I picked it. Yeah. I, th I think it's, I want to disclose, like I've never had a situation where I've had to confront blurring the lines of, family and sexuality mm -hmm. blood well they're not blood related right no Except yeah what correct right the people right, right. in the question yeah. are um 
family and name, but not blood. Yeah. I'd say it doesn't matter that much. No, it doesn't. I I was just recognizing in articulating that, that I've had, I have had a situation where someone who, whom I consider family has crossed a sexual boundary with me, um, not grabbed my vagina or my boob or anything like that. Um, but still where when you put someone very firmly in a certain category where there's no possibility, desire, or inkling at all towards any kind of sexual context, for them to then cross that line is very confounding. Um, and so I think that perhaps it's important to remind this person. I think that you're, you're perceiving things are, uh, that are happening. That there's no point of questioning. Is this happening? Is this not happening? She's being touchy-feely. It has happened. It's more than just her being touchy-feely. In Fun in the Sun's uh, dichotomy, though, it's either he's overthinking it or she's being touchy-feely. Right. Exactly. Which so which is it? It's touchy-feely. Yeah. It's It's beyond that. It's yeah. It you you don't have to worry that you're overthinking it or whatever. I think that that sometimes that impulse comes from a place of I wish it weren't true and how can I possibly yeah talk around it in a way where it's not happening. But it is happening. So let's confront it. Um, And I think that a a thing that's really important to communicate is uh, that this person doesn't have to be ashamed of their behavior, but that this is the territory that your relationship is in. A reminder that we are in a family unit. And to me, that means that there are certain types of touch that are appropriate and there are certain types of touch that are inappropriate and not desired. You stressed to me. Can you explain that? Uh, where? Oh, you said oh, to, to me. me, there are certain types of touch that are appropriate and certain types that are, right. I thought that was a great addition that most people would overlook. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifying that this is the case for this person. Right. Yeah. And that other yeah. people might have different boundaries. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you want to carefully walk the line of, especially this young person who is trying to figure out where to, even if they're mature, still trying to figure out where do I put my sexual impulses what yeah. cat, what columns do i put them under what people are safe to express them with and so i think that it's important to distinguish yourself as someone who is safe but not sexual mm. so safe to discuss these things safe as a confidant safe as a father figure but the reinforce the definition of a father figure as someone with whom there is not touching genitals of any kind yeah I think it's important to be very firm about that. Or um, I'd say uh, attempts to arouse uh, Mm -hmm. touching her, placing his hand on her. We don't know what the intent intent is. Sure. Sure. But um, talk about what you know happened. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's the right way is to go with what uh, you've witnessed and not assume intent that, yeah. she's trying to turn you on or she's trying to get turned on by you or something like that, that there's, you don't know what yeah. the needs that are being met. It's, it's yeah. experimentation. And um, I think that this is something that is worth thought. So yeah. you could overthink it. I, I'd say the danger is um, underthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, I think what most people would do, the wrong response is probably like the quick um fist down on the table uh this is not something that is okay and we're not going to talk about why and uh go to your room you're punished sex is bad that that uh-huh. like slamming the door in in the whole thing that i think is the typical response that people get from their parents if they like 
say, uh, masturbate in a public situation or do something sexual at a time that other people find it not yeah. okay. Mm. That's, I, I would we, argue that ignoring it would be worse. I think that it's important to set okay. some kind of boundary. Well, even if, if you ignore it, somebody else said. is going to yeah. set a boundary yeah. then. And that, that's yeah. not going to be in your control. You don't have the opportunity yeah. to give it the consideration yeah. and love uh, and attention yeah. that I think this sensitive topic deserves. Yeah. Because, yeah, on the one hand, you can overdo... Um, pushing them mm -hmm. into thinking that all sexual impulses are bad and that right. their sexuality is a, a sin or a thing that they need to just suppress in all situations, mm -hmm. that it's, it's never okay. And on the other hand, y you could have this person who is um, sexually expressing themselves in professional situations, in situations with people uh, right. where it's inappropriate, yeah. uh, right. where where the other party finds it inappropriate. Right. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity to talk about consent generally. Yeah. And um, uh, I feel like this is uh, young girls aren't taught as much about seeking consent from other people, more about giving consent because of the norms of mm -hmm. uh, our culture. They're taught that they have consent to offer or not. But um, I think that this is a chance to say that she has the right to give or um, refuse consent mm -hmm. for any kind of sexual touching. And so do you. Mm -hmm. And um, that you, based on your relationship to her as an older adult and playing a father-like role in her life, don't um, consent to having this type of touch. And then yeah. like anything you can draw broad strokes, but like anywhere your bathing suit covers is a pretty good um, model for like any, yeah, any place that my bathing suit covers up, I don't want to be touched there. Mm -hmm. um, and or I don't want to touch you in the same way. Depends. Yeah. It, it's up to you, but um, yeah. I, yeah. I also want to re, are, were, you, were you done? That's it. Yeah. Okay. I want to also reframe. I know this is just a really icky and uncomfortable situation to be in. Um, but I also want to reframe it as a really, really wonderful and clearly necessary parenting opportunity mm. because um, you're in a position where she's attempted something that's sexually inappropriate with you, um, which no one, no one wants to have to deal with. However, because it is right in front of you, you have this perfect bullseye opportunity to um, – correct her her aiming of those sexual impulses that many parents don't necessarily get mm -hmm. um and you have a chance to really set her up to understand when there should be sex associated with something and when there doesn't need to be sex associated yeah. with something um i had a supervisor uh, or a professor she was both but it doesn't matter <laughs> in grad school who told a story about in a therapeutic context uh she was with a client an adolescent boy who tried to come on to her sexually and she was extremely firm uh, about saying no. And why that's so important is because this, uh, this adolescent had learned because of the abuse that he had suffered that love and sex, whether it's familial love, platonic love are associated are linked. Mm -hmm. And that if he's going to receive the type of, uh, warmth and love that comes from a therapeutic relationship that he in some way sexually has to reciprocate or offer himself. It's like part of it. Yeah. And so that was a, a really uncomfortable moment, 
but so critical to their work together and to that young man's development for her to be able to say in that safe space, this is not okay. This is not how you should have been treated. This is not, your worth is not measured by this. And I don't want to make any presumptions about what uh, your stepdaughter has been through or anything other than to draw that parallel of you have a really ripe opportunity to set this person straight about what is healthy sexual expression Um, and keeping in mind that you're doing her a really wonderful service by, wow, I'm like getting really emotional, (laughs) a really wonderful service by uh, having that in to discuss something so important as when do we and when do we not express sexuality? When do we open ourselves up to people? When do we get vulnerable with our physical Mm -hmm. manifestation and not? Um, and I think that just by writing in, you're demonstrating, um, you know, a sense of recognizing that this is serious and that you want to call together, like what's the best guidelines for this because it is so sensitive. Um, and I think you have really great, clearly great parental instinct in that respect. So it's like, how do you follow through on that in a way that's firm enough, appropriate, non-shaming, um, and, and sets you up to have a healthy familial relationship going forward. I want to add one more uh, piece yeah. from uh, consent theory or mm-hmm. uh, teaching is um, if you say no to a certain act, it can be helpful to suggest an alternative. And mm-hmm. I think this is important if you don't want your stepdaughter grabbing your penis, but you recognize that there is an impulse for her to be physically affectionate with you, you can... Um, Suggest a back rub if you're comfortable with it or some type of uh, other touch that is non-sexual. She might not have that distinction of these are things that you do only with someone that um, you can be sexual with versus these are things that people you like. You can touch and express uh, affection. Um, Hugs are okay, maybe. It's up to you. But um, I think it may be important for her to have some uh, feeling of like there is some physical connection with you and... I would recommend picking something that you can say, Hey, at those moments where I'm, I'm not going to grab your boobs or whatever. Um, <laughs> she, she's tried like yeah. that, but, um, you know, you could paint her nails maybe or braid her hair or something that is, feels more appropriate to you. And I think suggesting that could be really helpful to her because I, I've read that a lot of women who develop earlier have large breasts grow to resent their breasts because they become, um, a symbol of, of what put distance between them and their father. As soon as they got their breasts, their dad stopped touching them because they became more of like a sex symbol and it became uncomfortable. I think you have an opportunity to continue some form of a, you know, a a lot of kids are um, held in a lap or rocked or um, picked up a lot. And she may have matured physically uh, before she was ready to let go of all of those things. And she may uh, still want some kind of, physical touch. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can say, Hey, not this, but yes to this, that could be really helpful for her. Yeah. And not me (laughs) for the, for the boob grabbing. Yeah. Other people, (laughs) like other people might want to grab grab your boobs. boobs. Yeah, sure. Um, but again, they require consent, all those same things. Right. Um, yeah. And I would be mindful of what physical things that you suggest. Um, and I would suggest things that have no ambiguity, things that are maybe, less less opted for in a sexual context like when you said back rub i was like um because to me that's 
a little too ambiguous or, or leaves room for there to be sitting side by side and, and rubbing somebody's back, not oh, okay. laying oh, face okay. down like a back pat, not a massage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, got it. A, a side massage. Sure, I think you, sure. the um, positioning of your hips and all of that is important yeah. with this. Um, yeah. I think like my dad used to rub the back of my head and like take my skull in his palm and that felt really good. And mm-hmm. it was a nice, like we'd watch TV, I'd sit on the arm rest of the chair and he would like squeeze yeah. my head and that felt nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that kind of thing is important and yeah. uh, it was never yeah. sexual and yeah. it never felt like wrong yeah. or something that was done to me that right, I didn't like. Right, you know. right. I guess I also want to make space for this stepfather to maybe over withdraw what he's willing to do physically with, with this child. Now, again, not in a shaming way, but just, you know, it may acknowledge that it may be more challenging for him to sit right next to her on the couch or just invite in a situation that's similar to what he experienced before. Cause I imagine there's some level of trauma to that, to, to having, just been in that situation. Yeah. Um, so you, my point is just, you don't have to go right into offering something that, that might feel physically threatening to you. I'm scared of him withdrawing too much, too much. Yeah. 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 I think that that, yeah, that's, that's my worry. He seems like he's not that uncomfortable with it. I don't think that he feels like he's so maybe, I mean, men do repress these emotions, I think as a matter of course in our society. So it's possible, but, I don't think that he feels a physical threat from her. Mm-hmm. It's just me projecting onto the situation and more feels like uncomfortable about how this is going to make him look to her mother's eyes, to her, to the rest right. of the world. And that he's not trying to um, be right. a creep, be a pedophile, be uh, uh, yeah, one of the bad right, guys. Clearly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would be cautious about being too cold and distant after all of this could uh, send the subconscious message to her that like, Oh, you're, uh, you know, that she did something totally. bad that's irre- totally. irreparable. Totally. I just wanted to make sure the counterpoint was represented. Sure. Of, you know, the, I would imagine that if this happened to me, um, that there would be some sense of, ooh, what did I do something wrong? Did mm. just, just not feel entitled to kind of stand up for my own mm-hmm. physical boundaries after they had been crossed like this. And I don't know what's in this guy's history. So it just feels important to say. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that that pretty much covers what I think, what yeah. I would have to say about Me it. Me too. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. And and if you have other questions, um if you can you can always reach back out to us or obviously um you can get the help of a mental health professional in this situation, a family therapist, someone like yeah, that. Family therapist. If there's if it seems like this is not a one and done issue, mm-hmm. having someone in there to uh, support the process of unpacking this and rerouting the behavior that that could be the way to go. Especially if you find that this is a behavior she's doing because she learned it from somebody in her past, mm-hmm. uh, that this is how you interact with father like figures. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great job, Morgan. Thanks. Great job, Rob. Yeah. This is, I <laughs> felt like this is a focused, interesting, well-made episode. Yeah, me too. To really do a hard pivot from last week that was so Ugh. like open-ended. Yikes. I feel like this was very masculine and that was very feminine mm. in that divide that we have, you know, we continually try to 
suss out and I think establish differences in quality too. Personally, uh, that that might be me <laughs> revealing some of my quality. prejudice, but I just yeah. think this is a people are just going to want to listen to this more. Mm. I mean, it's going to have a you good title us. too. <laughs> yeah, you tell us. How can they tell us? Free advice podcast at gmail We'll take feedback. We'll take questions. We'll take comp. Whatever. Whatever. We want to hear from you. Yeah. If you emailed us a question, it would really make my day. Yeah, me too. All right, everybody. Good night. Bye. Thank you.